0: Welcome to the Evoke Greatness podcast. My name is Sunny, and this is my weekly podcast driven by my curious nature and fascination with the champion mindset. I have an insatiable hunger for growth and knowledge, and I'm dedicated to sharing the stories of myself and others and how we have navigated the journey to greatness, all while stumbling through valuable lessons along the way. I am a huge book nerd and a wee bit of a control enthusiast with an obsession for motivational coffee cups. I believe that a rising tide raises all ships, and I invite you along in this journey to Evoke Greatness. Welcome back to another episode of Evoke Greatness. My guest today is Kara Golden, founder of Hint Water, entrepreneur, speaker, author of the book Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters, and hosts her own podcast, The Kara Golden Show. Kara, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Thanks for having me. So your journey has had some really unique twists and turns, and I would love for you to share your story for those who may not be familiar with it.
1: Yeah. So thank you so much for having me. Uh, we basically, I started hint after a career in tech and I didn't really know that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, that I was going to be an entrepreneur and certainly didn't know that it was going to be in an industry that I had never been in in beverage. And I think for, for me, it really boiled down to. I took a couple of years off after my role at America Online. I was running the direct-to-consumer partnerships for seven years and growing that business uh, into a billion-dollar business for America Online. When I took a couple of years off, I really started looking at my young family and feeding them and making sure that they were going to be as healthy as they could be. And it was at a moment when... I kind of looked at my own life around food and drinks and realized that I wasn't really practicing what I was preaching. I was, you know, reading ingredients for their food and drinks, but I wasn't doing it for my own. And and one day I looked down at my diet soda, my diet coke in particular, and saw that there were a lot of ingredients that I didn't really understand, and I thought I should just not be drinking this. And I made a huge decision. I remember my husband kind of joking with me that I had been drinking diet coke since I was I don't know 14, 13, 14 years old and that that would be a big decision. I was in my mid 30s at the time. That would be a big decision for me to just quit. And I thought, "No, I've been an athlete my whole life. I'm I'm going to do it." And and it was a lot for two and a half weeks of my uh, my little trial. I had bad headaches, stomach aches. I mean, it, it wasn't very much fun. But what I realized is that I it, it was like I got through a detox, and I started to feel like myself again. My My mind was a lot clearer. I had lost a lot of the weight that I had basically given up on losing. Uh, I'd gained a bunch of weight over the course of many pregnancies. And I had developed terrible adult acne that, again, I had sort of assumed it was something I was wearing versus um, on my skin versus trying to figure out, you know, what I was putting into my body. I never really made those connections. And so when I lost 24 pounds in two and a half weeks and my skin cleared up from all this adult acne that I had been living with, that's when I thought, what just happened? I mean, I I was drinking diet soda. How could that be? And I really started to be bothered by this idea around the words like diet and, you know, maybe vitamin was another one or low fat was another one for other people. And I thought there's a giant industry out there, definitely in categories like diet soda, but just the diet industry overall, it's just really hard to figure out. And people spend billions of dollars in trying to figure out what's best for them. And here, I just changed what I was drinking, what I had been drinking every single day and saw this, this huge change. And that's when I thought if I could actually help people understand this by creating a product like Hint, then I would not only feel really great about it, but other people would too. And that's when I walked into a local store in San Francisco where I lived and it's a brand new store, Whole Foods had opened up. And I thought... How hard could it be to get a product on the shelf? A lot of these products, I don't even recognize the names. So maybe, maybe it's not that hard. And I had time on my hands. I wasn't working. So I just started asking the guy stocking the shelf, who else do you ask? Uh, You know, I laugh about it now because those were the, those were really the beginnings of, of hint, but also, you know, I guess in some ways, not what lots of people do. You don't just sit there and, Try things you, you typically don't want to take risk because maybe you fear failure. Um, you don't know what it's going to turn out to be. And I think for, for me, it was, it was something that I, I just wanted to do because I was driven by this mission and purpose. But, you know, over the last 16 and a half years, we've created a quarter of a billion dollar company. It's the largest uh, non alcoholic. Beverage, private beverage in the US today that doesn't have a relationship with Coke or Pepsi, um, any of the big, not only beverage companies, but big distribution arms. And that was really done by not only focusing on, you know, one bottle at a time and really kind of the consumer driving how to grow this bigger and bigger but also from the consumer, just really believing what I believed. But sometimes when you have a vision for something, sometimes when you are ahead of where the market is, it, it takes that craziness that takes that tenacity and and care to really continue to wake up every day and and bring it along. So I wrote a book about it, Undaunted. And a lot of what the reason why I wrote about it is just sharing that story. I felt like it could actually help other potential entrepreneurs, existing entrepreneurs, um, maybe people who know entrepreneurs know that it's it's really hard stuff and it, it takes a lot of heavy lifting. It takes a lot of um, no's. It takes a lot of doubters that it, you've come across and been able to get through to be able to build a, a company like Hint and other companies. So more than anything, I think I want people to know it's possible. Is it hard? You bet. It sounds great to be an entrepreneur, but there's a lot that goes into being an entrepreneur and certainly being a successful entrepreneur and Many successful entrepreneurs today will tell you that their journey is similar to mine, no matter what industry, but also expect failures along the way. It doesn't mean that you can't succeed from a failure, but it really is pretty typical for any entrepreneur in any industry.
0: Congratulations on your incredible success. Clearly, uh, you see water everywhere you, you go. I have your book here and it is a truly Thank tremendous you. book. It has been something that I have recommended to many as I hope to share a lot of the stories and the things where you know women and, and people successful in their journey have fallen down and where have they made mistakes and what lessons have they learned. And that is, it is so full of so many valuable lessons. And so I've been talking a lot about your book and just sharing it with others as well.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: You've called yourself an accidental entrepreneur. What do you mean by that? Well, I think a
1: lot of people believe that entrepreneurs are born this way or or they grow up thinking that they're going to be an entrepreneur. But you know, for me, I I always wanted to I always wanted to be a journalist and I was uh, a kid growing up in Arizona who wasn't going to stop there. I moved to New York City. I looked inside of a masthead and found, you know, where magazines are published and and certainly at the time that was where everything was getting published. And so, I started there and then just kind of evolved into actually my first startup where I really got the bug, it was a late stage startup called CNN. Uh, and it's funny to think that there was a, an entrepreneur named Ted Turner who was running around. There was only, CNN was in 40% of households in, in the US and uh, much less around the world. Uh, but seeing an entrepreneur who had this idea that some days we believed in what Ted was saying, other days we were like, nah, "I don't know. I mean, it's growing, but it's not as big as ABC News and NBC News and some of the others that were out there at the time." But having that experience of watching somebody like that chip away at the rock and keep putting stakes in the ground and lots of lessons, um, frankly, that you know I've been through on my own journey, but I, I think. Sp- When you're dealing with these forces around you and really starting in your own head first around your doubts, uh, it's stuff that people don't really talk about as much as I think they should, because I think there's this, you know, glamour that goes on around, uh, around being an entrepreneur. And I certainly don't think that most people would say honestly that they were born with it, but they, they, they think it's a lot easier. Um, And I think for me being an accidental entrepreneur was, I had been attracted to, to working first in, in media and kind of a, you know, later stage startup. I loved the brand CNN and then moved to Silicon Valley where I started working in in tech startups. And I think having worked for people who were builders and who were at different stages along the way really helped me to really gain confidence to say, I'm going to go do this. Um, but not so much that I even put stakes in the ground to say, I'm going to go start my own company until, I, for me, the, the kind of way that I got myself to actually go and be fearless and go do it is just to figure out how do i get a product produced and on the shelf that to me still to this day is a lot less scary than saying that you're going to go and be an entrepreneur or start a company and so that's what i try and encourage people to think about too it's it's don't don't get yourself so daunted that you can't get out of the gate actually figure out how do you solve the first problem uh, which in our case was producing a product and getting it on the shelf, then figure out how to call yourself a company or an entrepreneur or whatever you want to do. You know, I think what I've realized is that a barrier that that has really helped me to kind of recognize but also break down is the more honest and vulnerable you can be with people about what you're going through uh, and sharing you know the humor at uh, hopefully in some of the cases along the way too that i've had you know real challenges real failures it it's those times where i think people start to share their own failures share their own challenges as as well and and i think again i didn't start to write this book because i felt like there was That I could share all of my vulnerability. But I think what I did want to do was really share with other people that there were challenges along the way. I remember that one of the people, one of our investors in the company is John Legend. And I gave him a pre-copy of the book, was asking him to write a blurb um, for the book. And he finished the book and he said, wow, like I kept thinking, when, when is she going to shut this company down? And again, there's, there's things that happen along the way that you don't share with your friends, right? You just, because you don't want to, you don't even know how to explain some of the things. I mean, how, how could I explain I'm going to have a baby, my fourth child, and I want to get the product on the shelf before I get to hospital. I mean, it would sound insane to most people. They they knew I was having a plan C-section. They're like, wait, what are you doing? I mean, certainly my family, I wasn't going to call them and say, oh, by the way, mom, I need to go and deliver this product to Whole Foods. So I've got to go. I can't really talk to you right now. I mean, she, she would think I was losing my mind, but entrepreneurs, you know, and, and, other people who maybe know entrepreneurs, they appreciate those stories because they have their own crazy, right? Where it's just, it made no sense to anybody else, but you at the time that it would, it would make me feel incredible to know that I had gotten a product on the shelf at Whole Foods and then went and had it, went and had my son, Justin. So it's like, I mean, of course it, it makes sense to people. So I, again, like I think, those vulnerabilities, those, you know, stories are what hopefully helps people to know that they're not alone, right? That they're these crazy stories, um, these hard times, these, these times when you feel like I won and then you lost, right? There's, A lot of that that goes on in entrepreneurship that I wish more people would, would share because I think that, you know, there's two sides to this, as I, as I've said all along, that it's not as easy as people who have never been in it might think. And it's also a lot, it's very rewarding. It's also very educational too. So uh, even if you, Don't get through everything that you wanted to. Don't get everything done. That's, that is really the core of it. I was sharing a story with somebody the other day who's just having a baby, and I've had four and have been through that. And, you know, it's like you don't talk about the days when, you know, you just, you just want to collapse, right? Because nothing is going your way. You're like, why am I, why am I in it? right? And it's the same with entrepreneurship. It's not that there aren't great things that go on. Of course, you're excited that you have a child. Of course, you're excited that you have a company, but you sort of forget when you're in those dark moments, right? And you appreciate to those people who have been through it. And you don't necessarily want them to solve your problems. Um, you want them, you want them to tell you that, you can get through and here's some ideas. And I think like, that's the other thing that I really find. I've always liked to hear and read people's backstories because even when they're in different industries, even when they are really talking about things that are, you know, not necessarily relevant to my industry, I can put those into the right place of learning inside of, inside of, you know, my head as well. And I think like that's such an important piece.
0: How has being a woman in this industry shaped you and really how you view what you do each day?
1: You know, it's interesting coming from tech. Uh, it's, uh, also a male dominated industry. And I think for me, Honestly, didn't really pay attention to sort of gender when I walked into this industry because I believed that I guess to some extent I had this option to go back into tech where I had been successful. And I thought this is, this is kind of a, it's a mission. It's a purpose. It's something that I believe in. I should just go out and try it and see whether or not it works. I definitely recognized early on that. It wasn't too different from what I had come from, from the tech industry being, you know, extremely male dominated. But I thought if I focus on the gender side of, you know, there aren't very many of us here, there's, um, you know, how do I build the company that I want to build? I had so many other problems that I was trying to solve. We were not only trying to develop a new product, a new company but also a new category in an incredibly huge industry that was um, primarily focused on sugar right so I started sharing my story and realizing that just by sharing my story that is what was needed in order to uh, to really gain a lot of consumer interest and and that's when I really started seeing that if you focus on the consumer and doing what's right for the consumer, the rest kind of falls into place, right? You start to figure out lots of things that are roadblocks for you, whether it's funding, whether it's, um, you know, creating your product, Um, you know, first, you've got to be able to get the traction from the consumer. And then people start to support you. People heard my story over and over again, maybe they were diet soda drinkers, maybe they weren't, but they they realized they compartmentalized my story into their story and they started to think about what else is there in the world that maybe is not as good for me that I'm doing in my own life and So people would write to me early on and, and say, oh, I, you know, heard your story on CNBC. We had been on a segment of how I made my millions and just more like how I spent my millions, but it was, uh, but, you know, it was, it was interesting because I would run into people all the time who just started to think about their own life and about how, you know, maybe they're not going to think about starting a beverage company But they thought, you know, there's a lot of things that you're doing that I think about that maybe I should be doing. Like, maybe, why not now? I mean, you had four kids, you know, how could you go do it? And I'm like, slower than most people, right? (laughs) Because I wanted to take time um, to do it. But but I think like, that's the other piece of it is that if you go try and you go and do the things that you want to do, you're not only challenging yourself, but you're also setting yourself up to really be the inspiration that pulls other women up. The, um, you know, inspiration for my own family and my, my kids as well, like watching their mom. Uh, one of the stories I share in the book is my son Keenan. uh, came to me when he was about 12 and said he saw Sheryl Sandberg on television talking about lean in and he said mom i i just realized women aren't ceos you've always been a ceo so i've never really thought about the fact that there aren't many women ceos and you know that that was really the point when i started thinking about there were many guilty Nights when I thought maybe I should be spending more time as a classroom parent and in the PTA and all of those things. But I thought, am I actually giving him the role model that he needs to understand that women can be leaders, that right. they can be terrific to work alongside? And, you know, all of these lessons that I was learning myself, but also being myself, that those are the things that that I could really teach my, my kids just by doing. And so I think that just being a woman in the industry over the last 16 and a half years, hopefully my story has resonated with a lot of people to just go out and do it and stop focusing on what you don't have or what, you know, what your, how your gender is going to prevent you from doing something instead, figure
0: out how you can. And I think that that's the most important piece. In talking about family, um, you know, between hint, your book, podcast, speaking, you're all over the place. You spend a lot of time with that. How do you find the time to have some self-care sometimes? how do you how do you find the time to create whatever balance you have between kind of that work life?
1: Well, I think that I've thought a lot about work life balance. I think it's been something that a lot of people talk about uh, over the years. have' always been an early morning uh, hiker. So I'm always out running or hiking. I think starting growing up in Arizona, it would just get too hot unless you got out there early in the morning. So I was more likely to just get up early and just get it over with. Um, but I think even when I started my family for me, I would figure out how to get that time in for myself. It, it allowed my brain uh, to kind of head in the right direction and think about what I needed to do, um, but also just enjoy where I am, right? And and I think spending time outside for me is self-care, um, you know, hearing the birds, seeing the sun rises, mm-hmm. sunsets. And so I'm typically up at 5 a.m. I have two puppies right now that I just adopted, who are 13-week-old English labs. And so they're very happy about me getting up at 5 a.m. and, and <laughs> running around the house after I'm feeding them. So so I think it's it's finding that time somewhere in your day. For me, it always is before when it's still quiet and, and there's not too many people except for my puppies. But I think it's also about finding things that you love because – you always hear that you know the busiest people always find uh time it i'll add on to that to say that the busiest people that find time are probably doing what they enjoy doing right that they're not cranky about it because they really enjoy it and so you know everything that you mentioned writing a book doing a podcast running running uh company for the last 16 and a half years it's definitely my speaking it's it's stuff that i really enjoy doing and i think it really boils down to i i enjoy doing it because i feel like it helps people and when you can find something that has purpose in your life uh for yourself and how others view you as well i think that that is an important piece of of balance and and something that i encourage people to think about a lot that If you've ever helped lots and lots of people, I can't imagine that you could go into a profession that just doesn't, doesn't help people in some way. It just is a, it's a strange concept, but it's something that, and again, when I say helping people, it's also something that has meaning that maybe something is really hard for people, but you've, you either find it easy or you've gotten through your own challenges when you can be that person that can be the hope for somebody and they come back and they share with you how you've helped them change. I mean, I get DMs from people, so many more DMs since I started Hint then and emails uh, than the other companies that I worked at. Not because those weren't great companies and they didn't help lots of companies or advertising or... Um, Helping people shop or whatever it is. I think for me, it health is something that it doesn't matter your gender, where you live, how, you know, what your socioeconomic background is, your, your income, whatever. If you don't have it, none of, nothing else matters. And I've talked to a lot of people about that. And, and I think just by helping people get healthy, whether that's, lose weight or control their diabetes or get rid of their diabetes or get through chemotherapy treatments. I mean, I've, I've heard it all. And to, to think that Hint is a tool to some people, yet to other people, it just tastes good. And they have no, they've never really thought about how it helps diabetes or cancer patients or, or, Whatever, so I, I think it's it's a really powerful thing, and and again, I'm educated by my own product constantly uh, when I start really thinking about the consumer and listening to the consumer. So it's it's a
0: pretty awesome thing. Yeah, especially when. Well, I think when so many people resonate with so much of the openness you've had with your story, and so they really relate to that, and then you're clearly impacting people all over the world you know and i think that is that mission or that purpose driven intention that you put out there where you just can't go wrong thank you you have had some amazing success in your journey thus far but i love to ask people what areas are you still looking at refining and evolving in yourself
1: i think for me i feel like i feel like i keep raising the bar right i that when people it, it's funny i was just telling my husband this, this morning, I was helping a friend of mine who just recently started a company and she's worked in major products, companies, has an amazing track record, resume, et cetera. And she's trying to build her own company. And I realized that going from, and and this is what I said to her, going from zero to $10,000 and then $10,000 to $100,000, $100,000 to a $1 million dollars, a million to 10 million. Every step along the way is progress. Yet when you're in it, you know, you're, you go through this, you forget about that you've been successful and because this stuff is really hard. It's like when I had children, I mean, I was. Having an anxiety attack over, like, how do I put a diaper on? Right. I had put diapers on as I was babysitting over the years, but it's way different when, you know, the rubber hits the road. They're your kids. Right. Right. And, and I think it's the same thing with, with your company. You might look at, oh, somebody else, so many other people have built companies, but the moment that you are really in it and you find how, how hard it really is, I think. For, for me, if I can really help people kind of get through those periods um, to get to their own comfort zone, I want to do that. I don't know if that's a job, but it's a it's something that I really enjoy. And so part of the reason why I do my book and my podcast and my speaking is for that. And I think I want to do more and more of that. And, you know, we'll see with what happens with Hint and, you know, where it goes. And I always have lots of ideas for new companies too. But I think more than anything right now, it's really helping other other people and trying to figure out how do they push through and, and get through. Because I believe it's in so many people, they just need a little bit. They need somebody to help them take the training wheels off or maybe put the training wheels on for a little bit, rethink some things and then
0: uh, keep moving forward. You talk about going kind of from one milestone to the next, so 0 to $10,000, right? And, and you keep growing. And that's almost like the stages in whether it be your career, in your totally. life personally. Do you think uh, that you have to kind of reinvent yourself for this new version of you every time you hit one of those milestones?
1: I think that that's where community really comes in because it's, it's, it's finding people who have done that. Who have gotten to these different levels? It's it's funny. I've met people over the years who have said to me, "Oh, I tried being an entrepreneur. I absolutely hated it." And my first question is, "What you know? What was the company and what was the industry?" And sometimes the people had actually started their own company, but in many cases they went to work for a company. And it, it's it's amazing how so many people don't talk about different companies as, I mean, it's not just about the product and the industry, whether or not that part is good, but the people, then also the, you know, the stage, right. And, and kind of what is the business model and, and what is, you know, how big is the company? I always say to people, when I ask them, I'm not really looking for how big your company is. I just want to kind of gauge in my mind sort of where it's at, like how many years, like, I'm not making an assessment of your EBITDA or your profitability, whatever, like what I'm just trying to understand, because I think that there's there's definitely this, this point in there that I think a lot of people don't understand, or maybe they try entrepreneurism once. You can't just, it's not a broad brushstroke of, of, of entrepreneurism. It depends on a lot of factors. So I think like that's a really, really important thing. And if you can get into communities where you can find people, industry and categories are are kind of agnostic to some extent. I mean, and and people will say, for example, to me, oh, they're in the beverage industry that could, to some people, a, a beer is the same as a, you know, water, right? They're very, very different. And so they're different but maybe you go through the same kind of growing pains. Maybe you have supply chain issues that are similar. Maybe, you know, your product issues are totally different. Maybe, you know, you're trying to bring your manufacturing from overseas into the U S like that, that really doesn't matter what industry you're in. I mean, I guess the details, but at the top level, like how do, how do you go about doing that? How do you go about thinking about things? And if you can find those communities of people that have done that, Um, that have gone from, you know, one step to the next, it starts to make you know that you can, right? And gives you that, gives you that, uh, that knowledge, maybe, but also that drive. And it allows your curiosity to stomp out your, your own doubts, like I say, And, and then the doubters out there that are saying, oh, they'll never, you know, maybe they could scale it from zero to, 100,000, but they'll never be able to get it from 100,000. Go find those people who went from 100,000 to a million and see how even like the people in the company changed, for example, and what you really needed um, once you hit those steps. What type of finances like ended up opening up for you, you know, lines of credit or, um, you know, receivables, finance, and what, whatever it is, like those kinds of communities that you can find around you, doesn't matter what the category is, are the ones that you really want to pursue because those will help you to really focus on on not staying complacent, not getting knocked down, but instead just keep moving forward.
0: Well, as we wrap up, I love uh, reflecting on lessons that have come from hindsight. And so I'm curious if you could go back what advice would you give to your 25-year-old self
1: I think keep doing what I was doing I mean keep figuring out how to allow my life to be led with curiosity but also enjoyment so I always felt like it's interesting I think it's I think it's the last of five kids syndrome to some extent where very independent um and you know my parents had really one rule in our house, which was that we always had to be playing some kind of sport. That could be running, that could be softball, gymnastics, whatever it was. We were always, all of us were doing something. And I felt like just by kind of going out and trying, sports is such a great thing because you'll never be the best, right? In rare occasions, you'll you'll always find a sport where you're, you know, better at it than maybe some of the other people, but there's always going to be better people than you. And I think that recognizing that all of those things that I had learned as a child and and growing up, it's the same thing. And, you know, call it imposter syndrome or whatever, as you're, you always naturally are sitting here looking at, oh, that company, wow, how did they get there? I mean, they seem so together. They seem to, I mean it takes a lot of work right and and you you don't necessarily hear all of the things that go on you know behind closed doors how many hours of practice or right. um you know right time right place or or mistakes that were made along the way too and i think that i would i would tell my 25 year old self that it's um it's the same thing it's life right and and you're going to always find that there will be these challenges, there will be these uh, people that are better than you along the way or companies that are better than you. But I think more than anything, you have to keep believing you have to keep making sure that what you're doing is enjoyable to you. And that's the absolutely most important piece.
0: That's wonderful. Well, I want to encourage everyone to check out your book, Undaunted, Thank and it's you. really anywhere that books are sold. Also, where can our listeners uh, connect with you and and find out you know, find out about you?
1: Thank you. Uh, well, Kara Golden with an I all over social media, also karagolden.com. And definitely, hopefully you'll get a chance to try Hint if you haven't already. And it's in stores, it's on Amazon, it's on our website at drink.com. And then also, definitely pick up a copy of the book. I'd love to hear what you think. Uh, And hopefully you'll get a chance to also listen to my podcast, The Kara Golden Show, where I really try to curate the entrepreneurs that have incredible stories that love to share and share learnings and hard times along the way. And that's the most important thing that I want to do is really to Help listeners to know that they they need to try. They need to live undaunted and and really push forward in order to be able to have success, have happiness, do
0: great things. Well, well, thank you so much, Kara, for joining us. And thank you. I look forward to all of next chapters that are to come. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. I hope you'll stick around. If you liked this episode, will you do me a favor? Go leave a review and share what you liked about it. Or heck, share what you didn't like about it. You'll struggle to find someone more open to feedback. And if you have ideas or comments on an episode, you can actually leave me a voice message directly. If you go to evokegreatness.com on the Contact Me tab, you can hit a button and leave me a voicemail. Y'all know I love a good quote, so I will leave you with this from Jeremy Coates. Being a champion has nothing to do with sports. It's a mindset, a skill of looking at challenges that seem impossible and rising up to overcome.